The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, I'm a worship associate, Amanda Brawley, today. I'm a member of Human, and on behalf of our Reverend Dave Dunn, our music director, Alex Peach, director of religious exploration, Lexi Tagney, what's up? Uh, and the dedicated technical team that makes today's and every Sunday's live stream possible. I would like to welcome you to the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation, which we like to call Human. We are a liberal faith community with the mission to nurture our spirit, strive for justice, and transform the world. No matter who you are, who you love, where you are on your spiritual journey, you are welcome here. If there are any people visiting us today on the right, we'll start here on the right, please stand. Share your name so that we can worship together as friends and hopefully greet you after the service. Yes. John and Carol, thank you for joining us. And on this side, any visitors? Janice and Ron, thank you for joining us. It's nice to see Kate and Dave Hudson, who were longtime members here, so... Um, where are we? Okay, so our Board of Trustees uses the COVID Act now to monitor current COVID risk levels, and we are thrilled to see that counties in which the majority of us live are low risk. Masks are optional at this point for indoor activities, and indoor congregational singing can occur at this time. We have resumed our contributions to the food pantry at North Fulton Community Charities. Instead of once a month, we will be accepting donations each Sunday in a box in the foyer, and uh, the most needed items will be listed each week. Next Sunday is Pride Sunday here in Atlanta. Here in Atlanta, we celebrate Pride in October. I'm not really, I don't remember why. It's hot. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah, it's too hot <laughs> in June. Yeah, that's why, thank you. <laughs> so we're different. Um, so we, the local UUs will have a float in the parade. Please join Reverend Dave, other Humanites, and other UUs from Atlant around Atlanta for this family-friendly event. It is a really a lot of fun. I highly recommend you go. 
Um, and you can also contact Michelle Liebergazelle or any of the younger looking UUs around here, I would imagine. <laughs> so we have started what some people call Sunday school, but we like to call it second hour programming. And we have a few adult enrichment offerings this morning. After the service, you can stay, and uh, we will be doing a Sunday service reflection on the message this morning, also a Stewards of the Earth, sort of an earth ministry type gathering, and also something called Neighborhood Connections Ministry, which discusses the issues, problems, connecting with a neighborhood site, as well as healthy boundaries, self-differentiation, and what that even means. So please, in the foyer, there is a whiteboard. You can check for those class locations. This coming Thursday, October 6th, here in, well, in Fellowship Hall, yes? We are continuing our volunteer engagement work. Treats will be provided, and Shelly is leading that effort. Shelly, will you please stand in case people are interested in that? So that's this Thursday, 6 o'clock, or 6 the 6th at 7 p.m., um, please join us. So at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Lexi for a religious exploration announcement. Hi. I'm here to annoy you some more about RE. Are you getting all of my emails? If you're not, let me know, because there's a lot of them. If you're not like, wow, that's a lot of emails, you're not getting them all. Okay. Um, so Amanda kind of stole my thunder with the pride. We're doing that next week. We would really like to get a group together so that we can meet the other UU church. Um, come find me or Dave or young adults because we're going. Um, we're also doing a multi-gen pride day next week as well before we leave. Um, if you don't know, that's all ages together. Um, we have an exciting Fall Festival coming up on the 28th, no, the 29th. Um, we're going to have a hayride and games and a costume contest. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we would love for you to get involved. So contact me or Lizzie so you can hear more. And we have an announcement from our Harvest Moon Auction Committee. This is a lot of work, and so it takes three amazing powerhouses to do this volunteer work this year. Good morning. So I'm Miriam Patanian, and I am one leg of the stool of tri-chairs. Um, for the Harvest Moon auction. And um, if you haven't visited our table yet, I, you don't know what you're missing. Um, every week we have a little giveaway. So if you've given us an idea about something you'd like to offer, or if you've given us um, a, uh, an idea for what you might do with the coveted human parking space other than park your car in it, tea party, anybody? Um, yoga? What else might you do with the parking space? Um, have a traditional Scottish dance party? I don't know. Think about it. Give us some ideas. And the top ten ideas will get videoed for the world premiere on the night of the auction, which is November the 5th at 7 p.m. right here, also online. Um, and uh, the other way that you can just come over and talk to us at the table after service, write your name down, and, um, and then we will put your name in for a drawing, and you get to win whatever this week's giveaway is. One of our newest um, hot-off-the-press items is that you can now register online for attending the auction. Um, registration is required whether you're going to attend in person or online. Um, the cost is $10 per person. Um, the tri-chairs have tried it, um, but more importantly, um, non-tri-chairs have tried it, and it works. Elizabeth Rohan can attest. Um, so uh, um, just if you haven't been to the auction before, um, some ideas of uh, examples of things that um, have been offered previously, 
and we might have some inside information that they might be offered again. Paintings, paintings by famous humanites. Um, we also have, um, in fact, the, the name I don't remember, a Scottish dance party will be happening here for the first time ever. I hope that's right. Um, uh, and also, for those of you, whether you've done it or not, you probably have heard about Judy Jewell's wine tasting. I am thrilled to say that it is going to be on the, in the catalog again this year. So be here November 5th. I hope the Hudsons will extend their vacation so that they can stay for it. Thank you. Thank you. Just for a little clarification, the Harvest Moon Auction is a yearly event that we put on here at Human, and it is a huge part of our funding. Um, members and friends offer items that people can auction, and it's a really good event, and I hope you'll join us again. That's November 5th. And for now, that concludes our announcements. Thank you. And now for our call to worship. Good morning. Today's call to worship is by Maureen Kaloran. We are called today from the midst of pain and challenge. We are called to praise the world. From a world that appears broken, we are called to praise life's moments of joy and grace. From time that seems to freeze and ongoing exchanges of platitudes and blame, we are called to reach out to those around us, to connect with those we care about, to try to make amends with those from whom we are estranged. The world is too fragile. There is too much pain. Let us bring our hearts together on this day. Let us praise the mutilated world and all its blessing and its pain. And now let us light our chalice together. As we light our chalice as members of this congregation, let us nurture our spirit, strive for justice, and transform the world. Autumn by Emily Dickinson. The morns are meeker than they were. The nuts are getting brown. The berry's cheek is plumper. The rose is out of town. The maple wears a gayer scarf. The field a scarlet gown. Lest I should be old-fashioned, I'll put a trinket on.
great to be able to sing again. I, and I guess you did it last week, but I wasn't here, so awesome. Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. It's the holiest day in Judaism. It's a day of fasting, prayer, penance, forgiveness, and it begins on Tuesday evening, this October 4th. And uh, on the Day of Atonement, during the uh, afternoon service at the synagogue, the book of Jonah, the entire book of Jonah from the Hebrew Bible was read. It's a very short book. It's only a couple pages. So in the book, Jonah is called by God to go to the city of Nineveh to warn the people there of the impending destruction of that town because I guess there's been some bad behavior in Nineveh. So what does Jonah do? If Nineveh's over there, he immediately goes that way. He gets on a ship and goes to a different city. He didn't really care what city as long as it wasn't going to Nineveh. So on the journey, on the ship, God causes a tumultuous storm, a tumultuous storm that the sailors don't know what's going on. It was supposed to be an easy voyage, and it's stormy. So Jonah, however, isn't panicking. He's actually asleep in the bottom of the ship. That doesn't have a problem with it. It's a little bit befuddling, his behavior. But everybody else is panicking. Finally, the captain of the ship goes and uh, finds Jonah and says, look, we're all praying to our gods for, to be saved from this storm. You need to do that as well. And Jonah just says, uh, I know why this storm's happening. It's because of me. Because I am refusing to do what God told me to do. So you probably need to throw me overboard. And the people and the, and the sailors, despite their panic, say, no, we're not going to do that. Um, but still, the storm rages. It keeps going. And then, finally, the sailors are like, you know, Jonah talks them into throwing him overboard. And they do. They throw him overboard, and, and the sea goes silent, smooth. But not before Jonah being swallowed by a giant fish, a whale. And he's in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights. And he prays. He doesn't really, he doesn't really say sorry. He doesn't ask for forgiveness so much, but he does pray. And after three days, the ship spits him out on dry land. And Jonah makes his way to Nineveh. And he warns the people of the city that if they don't shape up, God is going to destroy them. And the people listen to Jonah. They repent. All of them repent. And God spares them the wrath of destruction. And what does Jonah do? Jonah becomes upset. He becomes upset at God for sparing the people of Nineveh. What about justice, he seems to say? The people of Nineveh deserve to be destroyed. But it seems like, in the book of Jonah, that compassion, forgiveness, and repentance are more important than justice. What we do is important, and our actions do have consequences. Yet justice is given for what we've done in the past. Compassion and forgiveness are given to give faith to what we can become in the future, who we aspire to be. So in this story, justice is important, yet compassion and forgiveness and repentance are more important. Walk softly, for every person you meet is carrying a cross. 
We don't know what it is. We just know it to be true. And ultimately, and perhaps unconsciously, it's likely the reason that brought you to church here this morning. When facing the harsh realities of life, grieving the loss of a loved one, facing a disability, dealing with an aging body, an aging mind, addiction issues, marital conflict, parenthood, raising of children, a loss of a job, the list could go on and on. When these things happen, we can't help but think that we're alone in this struggle, like like the, the gods have somehow singled us out and are inflicting and condemning us to a life of pain and suffering. Yet what is true is that everyone you meet is carrying a cross, one form or another. If you've ever attended a funeral or a memorial service, you've likely noticed how people are affected, sometimes in unexpected ways. Some people respond by, with no visible reaction, devoid of emotion. Some strong people seem to flail helplessly about for words, directions. Leaders, unable to, people who are leaders, unable to resist like a flight response. I've seen the opposite as well. Seemingly meek and mild-mannered people seem to take charge and are very steady. Now, I'm not passing judgment on any of these reactions. I'm merely acknowledging that these reactions can come out in unexpected ways. In the same way that people, in the same way, people can be affected by the crosses that they carry in unexpected ways. Some hide their crosses well. Maybe they're in denial, yet maybe not. Some wear their hearts on their sleeves, others don't. And again, my point is not to pass judgment. The point is that despite an ex- varied expressions of what we're all carrying, and everyone is carrying something, everyone is carrying something, we just don't know what it is. We just know it to be true. Brene Brown writes, my mom taught us to never look away from people's pain. The lesson was simple, don't look away. Don't pretend not to see hurt. Look people in the eye even when their pain is overwhelming. And when you're in pain, find the people who can look you in the eye. We need to know we're not alone, especially when we're hurting. This lesson is one of the greatest gifts of my life. At this year's youth group service back in March, Troy Vanderbeek spoke of a friend of his who had recently passed away. And this friend taught him of our need to both give and receive healing and care. That we must express our feelings and that people need one another and that no one should have to face pain alone, that when we express the deepest feelings and emotions that we have, they can feel less scary and less overwhelming. Sometimes we don't know how to respond when someone expresses such feelings to us. We look away and we don't look them in the eye. You, you theologian who goes by the name of Tendeka tells a story Well, she was feeling down and depressed and in need of care, and she met her friends for lunch. And they're sitting at the table, and she's talking to her friends about how she's feeling down and depressed, and immediately her friends start to jump in and say, like, let's think about this. Well, maybe you could do this, or maybe you could do that. They start trying to solve her problem. And while all her friends were chatting about what she should do, she took the hand of one of her friends and put it on her own shoulder and tapped and said, there, there. 
She wasn't looking for someone to solve her problem. She was expressing her feelings and was in need of healing and care. Sometimes the easy thing for us to do is to rush in and solve someone's problems when what is needed is healing and care. The Catholic priest, Henri Nguyen, writes, when we honestly ask ourselves which persons in our lives mean the most to us, we often find that it is those who, instead of giving advice, solutions, or cures, have chosen rather to share our pain and touch our wounds with a gentle and tender hand. As long as we are occupied and preoccupied with our desire to do good, but are not able to feel the crying need of those who suffer, our help remains hanging somewhere between our minds and our hands and does not descend into the heart. The friend who can be silent with us in a moment of despair or confusion, who can stay with us in an hour of grief and bereavement, who can tolerate the not knowing, not curing, not healing, and face us, face with us the reality of our powerlessness. That is the friend who cares. Yes, as Unitarian Universalists, it's often hard to refrain from giving advice, coming up with well-reasoned ideas, offering solutions and cures, and I'm as guilty as anyone at doing this. We and I need to be cognizant of this, be willing to tolerate the powerlessness of not knowing, not knowing what to do or what to say when one is facing deep grief, bereavement. Sometimes we just need to be willing to say they're there and that's good enough, that's what's needed. But that's easier said than done. Pandika writes, we find it easier to talk about our well-reasoned ideas than to delve into the feelings of our own hearts and enter into the shadowed valleys of our own fears and despair. Religious and evangelicals do not have this problem. They traverse this difficult course into the human heart regularly they attend to the emotional pain of broken souls. They do not turn away from emotional pain. They transform it. They transform it. We too can transform it. We, can, we too can transform it through communal healing and care. Part of human's mission is to nurture our spirit. I like the wording of that. It's not, it's not nurture my spirit. It's nurturing our spirit. Moving from me to we, we nurture our spirit through healing and care. Tendeka and, other, and others will say that salvation, however you envision salvation, salvation is not a solo act. It is a communal act. Nurturing our spirit is a communal act. Nurturing our spirit, it's more than reading a book, taking a class. It's less about wisdom and knowledge and more about love. Wisdom and knowledge are great, but they're for the head. They can be found in a book in isolation. Love, the way of the heart, is found in relationship. And I'm so glad that you are here this morning. The opportunity for relationship is here this morning. A community of healing and care is the context, is the backdrop, is the, the culture, is the essential irreplaceable ingredient of that nurturing of the spirit. And when you think about it, 
deeply, it might be the real unconscious reason you're here today. Through healing and care together, in relationship as a community, we nurture our spirit. And it's independent of belief. It's independent of what you believe. You could be a Christian, a Jew, a pagan, a Muslim, a Buddhist, doesn't matter. We nurture our spirit through healing and care as a community in relationship. A seminary friend of mine said, every person you meet has at least one secret that will break your heart. We don't know what that is. We just know it to be true. May we honor the crosses being carried May we honor the secrets that would break our hearts. May we be attuned to one another in this community, attuned to the giving and receiving of healing and care.
Thank you. <laughs> Bruce, would you like to share your meditation? I'm ready. Okay, come on. This meditation is inspired by Cliff Smith, the global mindfulness leader at EY, also known as Ernst & Young, where we both work. I invite you to sit comfortably. Feel the support of wherever you're sitting or lying. Relax a little, but keep your back straight and sit up as you're able. Put your hands on your lap or do whatever's comfortable. This time is for you and you. Close your eyes if that's comfortable, or maybe lower your gaze and soften your focus, looking at nothing in particular. Now become aware of your breath, perhaps the sensation as the breath passes through your lips or nostrils, down your trachea, Notice your chest expanding as the air comes in. There's really nothing to do here except notice, observe, and give your full attention to what's already happening with your breath. Your mind may wander. That's okay. When you notice it, you're practicing mindfulness as you bring your attention back to your breath. That our bodies breathe without our even noticing is quite remarkable. But actually noticing it is a powerful practice. As you focus on your breathing, assume an attitude of friendliness and care. It's good to be alive and breathe and have friends and loved ones to care for and who care for us. Now, as you continue your awareness of your breath, think of someone with whom you have an uncomplicated relationship perhaps a neighbor or a coworker, And think this person has a body and a mind just like me. They have feelings, emotions, and thoughts just like me. They have at some point in their lives been sad disappointed, angry, hurt, or confused, just like me. They have feelings, emotions, and thoughts, just like me. They have experienced emotional pain and suffering, just like me. They wish to be free from pain and suffering, just like me. They have joy and times of happiness, just like me. They wish to be healthy, loved, and have fulfilling relationships, just like me. They wish to be happy just like me. Now bring your attention back to your breath. We don't have time, but if we did, I would do this same meditative exercise for someone in your allergy zone 
not too complicated a relationship, but maybe someone with whom you'd like to be on better terms. You can try this yourself. Now back to the breath for a minute. And think of someone for whom you have deep feelings of love and affection. Think of your feelings of loving kindness for this person and say to yourself, may I be happy. May I be healthy. May I ride the waves of my life. May I live in peace no matter what I'm given. Notice your feelings and let them be. Bring that person back to mind and think, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you ride the waves of your life. May you live in peace no matter what you are given. Notice your feelings and let them be. Now think about all people and all communities, all circles, and offer to all. May we be happy. May we be healthy. May we ride the waves of our lives May we live in peace, no matter what we are given. Notice your feelings and let them be. As we finish, think about who in your world needs loving kindness. What's important now? Open your eyes and come back to our service. Thank you. I always love when we do a meditation. In an effort to fulfill and further the vision and mission of this church, we ask that our members and friends share of their time, treasure, and talent. And with this, we will now take the offering. You may also use the Give Lify app on your smartphone. The UU Congregation of Fort Myers and the UU Congregation of Venice are currently without power. Their buildings have sustained damage. And their reverend suspects that every member has experienced loss of income and or property and will need support for basic needs. We are considering sharing the offering plate this morning. Right? Okay. And um, yes, and the offering will be gratefully received. Thank you.
we, we accept this sacred offering generously given by our beloved members and friends. May we and the congregations that we hope to help with this um, offering, may we all use this judiciously and wisely in service to our mission. Please join us in uh, singing hymn number 1053 in your teal hymnal, 1053. this flame but not the light of truth the warmth of community or the fire of commitment these we carry in our hearts until we meet again dawns. Once more the gift is given, wonder fills this moment shared together. How deeply you're connected to my soul, and may your life be as a song. May you softly serenade the stars, ever dancing circles in the night. Go in peace and enjoy your week.
the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia, thanks you for listening to the Human Podcast. Background music, courtesy of Tim Moore from Pixabay.